1876 Sports and Culture Podcast, bringing you the latest buzz and updates from our beloved Prairie View A&M University, featuring your fellow PV Panthers, Roland Austin, Joe Cleasy, Big Mike Washington, three-time SWAC champ, Gotti Warima, former drum major and HBCU band historian, Shawnetta Haskell, and Al Williams driving the show from the hill. Please subscribe and give us five stars and follow us on social media at Panthers underscore 1876. Welcome, Panther fans, to episode number one, season one of the 1876 Sports and Podcast. Sports and Culture Podcast, if I can get uh, my words right for us English-speaking folks. <laughs> get it together. <laughs> I got to get it together. <laughs> First show jitters. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's all it is. So uh, we've got an action-packed show for you today. Uh, we're going to start off with some locker room talk, and then we'll go into talk about the fo- upcoming football season. Then we'll go into basketball talk, and we'll move from there over to the I'm so glad I went to PV. But before we hit that, we've got to have meet me at the flagpoles with Dr. Cavill, the Dean from the HBCU Sports Lab. And then we'll close out with uh, some, some shout outs. So let's get it started with some locker room talk. All right, now we've got the growth of the swag here. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's hot and heavy. It's coming. All right. We, we got two schools joining the SWAC. The rest of the SWAC running scared because of what's going on in Jackson. Things getting heavy. All right. So for, for those of you who don't know or haven't been keeping up, what's going on in Jackson? Prime time. It's Prime time. To another level. Prime time. Prime time. Prime why, why everybody got to say it with such a such a grit it made them prime time. This <laughs> coach in the swag sitting on the hot yeah. jittery. Hey man, prime coming in making noise too. You know, I, I'm PV to my heart, but V I like. <laughs> the I am the I like. Give me the swag subway sandwich. That's what I need. Give me the swag subway sandwich. What is that? Frito pie? I, <laughs> that's a sausage. Um, I think. What was that? A chopped sausage sandwich. Full right. of <laughs> De- Dion got me saying I want some Prairie View dogs. I want you dogs. <laughs> I want some dogs. Why you know? Prairie PV and Coach Dooley are going to have to protect. It's going to get to a point to where they're going to have to protect Houston. They're going to have to protect Dallas. They're going to have to protect the state of Texas from what's going yes, on in Jackson, seriously. Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. but but look at this realignment, at least as far as football goes. Now you got Alcorn moving over to the east. Yeah. To the west. Yeah. Oh, to the west. Moving over to the west. So they're in here with us now. So we will have a new East champion for the first time in what six years? Yes, absolutely. Yep. But the bigger the, the bigger question is who's gonna win the West? This is true. It, the, the West is we're gonna beat each other up, man. We almost. I mean, it, it's that this, this conference is crazy. The you East got, looking like got, the NFC East right now. Yeah, you got Alcorn. <laughs> you have Grambling. You have Southern. You've got PV. And you have uh, up and coming, getting better TSU. Yes. So whoever comes out of the West will ha- will be battle tested. Yeah, don't forget UAPB. No they, might, they might sneak up in here and make a little bit of noise, huh? <laughs> and, and, yeah. And everybody knows what's going on. Everybody sees what's going on on the West side of the schedule. They know those two Florida schools are going to bring something to the East. So the SWAC is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Uh, by the day, and with so the increased you. recruiting profile that Prime has brought to the table, yeah, and, and the already good recruiting profile that each SWAC school already had, it, it's it's yeah. it's it's getting strong. So so if we if we talk like 
from a from a from a basketball perspective, got to this I ten and I twenty corridor is gonna be hot. <laughs> yes, tell me about it. I know a lot of schools are, as we speak, traveling up and down. Thirty men are headed to Alcorn, and it's so weird to um, not have these double headers. So this season is bringing about a lot of different changes, but. Yes, the I-10 and I-20 are going to be very busy. And um, yeah. I was listening to a podcast earlier um, that Dr. Cavill was on, and um, they were mentioning how a lot of these teams used to play each other in the um, SIEC. So yeah, now, back in the 70s. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of the historians, old heads, you know, getting feeling that nostalgia and the new wave of how all this has turned, you know, it's really, really great. For the HBCUs as well as for the SWAC. Yeah, we see that yeah. that that rivalry come back between FAMU and Southern. I mean, there have been some classics through the years between FAMU and Southern, and to get to see that now, uh, where we may get to see that in a championship game, I think uh, us on the hill would like to see something a little different. A little different. Uh, I think can we get some of that nostalgia when PV was champions. That's the nostalgia I'm looking for. Coach Dooley, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you're listening, can we get some of that nostalgia going? Yeah. <laughs> Take when, when back Southern... to the 60s. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. When Southern oh, made yeah. that, that road trip to a FAMU, that stadium was jam-packed. It was yes. not a seat in the house. Hey, man, and, and you know uh-huh. that uh, FAM is the only one that has their schedule out now. And yeah. the first game... The first game, yeah, yes. out the gate as Jackson, the Orange Blossom Classic. Yes, yes. indeed. So you, so, so you, you're gonna so. have Coach Prime and his it is debut. What'd you say, Bart? Bram and theirs. Well, in <laughs> PV schedule, out the gate is is yeah. Grambling. First yeah. game yeah. of the season is the Cotton Bowl Classic. That's that's serious right there. So we got to our boys got to come out the gate ready to go. Uh, they better be ready. They better be ready. <laughs> they better be ready. Now I will say that FAMU and uh and um uh who's that FAMU and Grambling for homecoming? Ooh-wee. That, Ooh. that, that's that's uh road I, trip. I, that might be <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Can you say Southwest but, Rewards program? <laughs> Can we well listen? Can we can we say vaccine first? Can we? I think I might want to hold on. That might make you get that shot. That, that, that might make me get that vaccine, man, buddy. <laughs> hey, that that PV game in, in Jackson State. Hey, mm-hmm. want to get that vaccine? Yes, indeed. Straight across our twenty, man. It's gonna be some decisions being made. Yes, sir. Yeah, it will be some. Mm. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so so going back to your thing, it's not just the football. You, I think Gotti was alluding to it. You got to think about baseball as well, spring oh, sports. Man. You bring yeah. in yeah. three of the best baseball teams in, in black college sports over in Bethune, and also you got FAM coming in, and Jackson State has been an offensive powerhouse for the last four or five years. So they all sitting in the East. So while Joe, the West might be the powerhouse in football, in baseball, as I say on Dr. Gaville's show, the East, the power rests in the East for baseball. So, and then we have to talk about softball as well. So that's a little bit more evenly distributed, but let's not forget the spring sports as well. Give, give them some love. So Man, the swag is getting stronger yeah, year round, basically is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Without question, unequivocally. Track and you field like is going to be something like, else too, man. Ooh, <laughs> when you bring Florida that. in for track and field, come on, man. Yeah. Track. Every dude in Florida fast. Every one of them. Look at the ladies. Yeah, ladies too. Yeah. So I I forgot about forgot all about track. I'm God, telling that's, you, man. That's going to be hey. nice. Panther hey. relays is going to be next level. That's right. And, and now that Clemson got rid of their uh, men's track team, you know where uh, Go get Coach em. Simmons went to school down there, fam. Then he come em. out of then he come out of Clemson. Yep. Like, come on, Absolutely. come on down here, fellas. Go get them. <laughs> Go get some. <laughs> I want some dogs. They hey. need to make that. 
all they got to do is go on Friday on, in time for the set. The recruiting does itself. Yes. <laughs> so, like I said before, I'm PV to the day I die, but I'm excited that the entire SWAC is going to benefit off of these moves that the uh, SWAC commissioner has made. He He's made moves to really uh, strengthen the SWAC for the long term and continue to grow this thing. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be big time. We're going to spend our golden years watching this thing just be off the chain. Oh, man. Uh, how about the, and how about the marketing? I'm telling you, no. McClellan, I'm, I hope we can keep him, man. I, they, if anybody needs a contract renewed early, let's lock him <laughs> in, bro. Because uh, I mean, the moves pennies, he's made. Dimes together <laughs> right now. <laughs> Yeah, we we gonna we gonna take up a church collection yeah. to keep Charles, to keep Brother McClellan. I love offering. <laughs> what you say? I love offering. Yes, I'm bro- we love might have offering. To dip into that building fund. You know Don't even put that in the atmosphere. Don't even put that out there, man. <laughs> we, we got it. We not yes. even gonna uh, put that out there. Uh, I I believe that his heart, his desire is to is to. Uh, affiliate himself with the swag long term and, and watch it become what he wants it to be so he's doing great things and i i, I hope that uh the leadership is smart enough to do whatever they need to do to keep him in pocket yeah absolutely without question uh not only because he's a you know we've known him he's a product of Prairie View, but just just the job he's doing not just management but just think about the marketing Yep. Uh, this guy, he's, he's made some great moves on the marketing sides. And I know Dr. Kabil could really give us some insights on there. But if you hear some of the things he's done, both, you know, behind the scenes and in front of the scenes, you'd be amazed. You could you could teach a whole course on this. Seriously. Oh, yeah, and if you're not in the know, you don't even know uh, the, about the moves that he's made. But I think some of that stuff is going to yeah. start filtering out uh, over time. And people, the, the lesser uh, involved folks in sports we'll start to understand that the moves that are being made and that swag leadership is at an all-time high. So. Yeah, that is so true. That is true. Okay, I want to roll us real quick into this upcoming football season. So, yeah. you know, for the first time, we're playing football here in the spring. spring I, I, football. Got, I got my cooler ready. I'm looking at getting me a golf cart or something, man. What's going on, Joe? Like I said, it's going to be interesting straight out the gate. We got Grambling. We've beat them with the last three years in a row. Uh, percentages say that it's going to be dicey to make it a fourth win in a row, but we've got the talent. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a great game, I believe. Grambling always finds a way to put talent on the field. We know that. Um, I think I I, I want to focus on the positions of interest. Number one being the quarterback battle. We got to replace Jalen Morton, regardless of how you feel about him. He had all the tools to get the job done. Uh, if he was consistent on that given day. Uh, the three guys that we got in line are, are Trazon Conley, TJ Starks, and Shane Lawrence. Uh, Conley did a great job of stepping in for Morton at the end of the last season when he got hurt. He can get it done uh, with his arm and his legs. Uh, so he's a very talented guy. I think he just needed to improve his consistent his uh, consistency and his accuracy, but he's got all the, schools, the tools to do it. Uh, Starks was a transfer from Kansas State. Um, I think he's going to be in the mix somewhere. And then the hand-picked guy, uh, the hand-picked uh, quarterback from Coach Dooley is Shane Lawrence. He's a stud, 6'4", 6'5", 230 pounds. He looks like the man. He is. He looks the part for show. So I'm sure he's going to be given opportunity to win that job. Um, then you look at the running back position. We all know what DeWanna Tucker bought to this team. He was the Jeez. man. He was a little yeah. giant. Yeah. Um, the, the, the two folks that are in line to replace him are Ahmad Antoine, who's a red shirt freshman, and then uh, Kristen Mosley. Uh, I believe he's a transfer from Louisiana Tech. They're both very talented guys. They got speed. They got the size. Um, these battles were not allowed to be won or played out in one last spring. So it's going to be yeah. some position battles being won, I believe, throughout this six-game season. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem is that you didn't have a chance to really bet it out like you'd have. You didn't have a spring game or a purple and gold game. So it'll be interesting to see come day one who's starting not only a quarterback, but not, not only a running back, 
Is it going to be a running back and quarterback by committee just to see how this works in the spring to prepare for the fall? It'll be interesting to see, you know, what Dooley's approach is, you know, with this spring and then with the fall, knowing that you have a totally revamped swag that you're stepping into. How do you think he's going to treat this uh, spring season? Is this going to be treated as exhibition or are we going to get it? Are he going to get it now? Okay. Dooley's attitude is he's all about football. He's going to get it. He don't care if it's spring, summer, winter, fall, whatever. He's going to get it. Um, But you're also going to see a situation to where it's going to be learning on a job for those young players. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe it's definitely going to be quarterback by committee until somebody grabs that job and makes it their own. Same with the running back. Although he likes to do it, Coach Dooley likes to switch out running backs anyway. So both of those running backs, uh, and probably including a third, will get significant touches. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Running running back, quarterback by committee wouldn't surprise me at all, at least in the spring. And I, I do believe he's going to get it, but I think it'll be in an intense evaluation period. Yeah, yeah looking, looking at the fall coming up shortly after that. I don't know how much quarterback committee no, you want to do against Grambling, though. You might no. want to put a guy in there, and if he let gets hot, the just lead him. Yeah, and let him get his rhythm and leave him be. So that's going to be a tough uh, coaching job. Go ahead, Roland. Yeah. What were you going to say? No, I'm just asking about special teams. That's what really killed last season. Special teams. That's the punter. You know, no. we we we, yeah. we got better. The punter got better. The special team situation got better uh, last season. We didn't see as many mishaps in 20, uh, 2019 as we saw in 2018. Uh, so it got better. Mm-hmm. Hope, hope, hoping those guys continue to mature and get better from the deep snapping situation to the punter. Uh, we should see more consistency with, than what we saw at Sam Houston State when they fumbled I don't know how many punts and cost us that game. <laughs> <laughs> Who's counting? Right. One. Right. Right. <laughs> Who's counting? Right. But I tell you, another position of, of interest is on the D line. Yep. They've been recruiting some big dudes big. last year. Uh, and this year they recruited some big dudes. We got several guys over 300 pounds, over, over six feet tall, 300 pounds. They've been recruiting to compete in the trenches with power five schools, not just swag schools. They want to make sure that whoever we play, we got the size and, and strength to compete. So I don't know. I know older, older PV alum may be used to looking at our, our defensive and offensive line and shaking their heads, but these cats, when they step off the bus now, they're going to look the part. They're going to look ferocious. They're going to look like they there to eat every ounce of food in your refrigerator. They're going to take your daughter, your <laughs> wife, whatever. They come in to bring the business, man. And I'm, I'm very impressed with the uh, recruiting that PV's done uh, in the I, trenches. I think I think jury's out because if you look in 2019, Purdue was first, second, or third in most of the offensive categories. You know where they were in defense? Number seven. And that's what hurt. So I, I – I, I, I like it. The Kool-Aid tastes good. The gumbo smells great. But I want to see how it's going to mix up together. Is this going to be some real Kool-Aid and gumbo? Because uh, you stepping in, <laughs> you stepping into an offensive juggernaut, offensive juggernauts in the swag, and that was that was what hurt Prairie View last year. Was not only the D line, but parts in the in the secondary as well. Well, the secondary was young. Yeah, those guys have matured. There were a lot of young DBs playing. Those guys have matured. And he recruit he bought in several uh, JUCO transfers for the defensive line. So those cats played two years JUCO level. Now they ready to come Rick shop in the swag. So mm-hmm. I might be a positive thinker, but I'm just looking at, at what they bought in, the talent they bought in. And a bunch of those dudes are ready to play or have put in time on the field and they've got the hours to where they, they've acclimated themselves to the swag now. So, so what does what does practice look like? Because traditionally, going into the fall, you've got the summer to prepare, but now with the COVID, I mean, will they not get to practice until till late January? I, I believe the plan is for them to start practicing next week or so, a week after that. I know they they were practicing 
they did practice in the fall. Um, it got shut down a couple times because of COVID protocols. So they did get some practice time. But as far as spring practice, um, they will get back to practice as soon as they get back to campus. How much they will be able to practice depends on how safe those young men are, uh, how much they, how seriously they take wearing masks and social distancing and things of that nature. If they can keep, if they can keep that in order, then they'll be able to get their practice time in. And that goes the same with every school across the country. Right. And we, and we saw what happened with some of the, uh, the, the football that was played this fall and the number of games. I know uh, Big Ten played, what, six games, if yep. that. And uh, you had ACC playing 11 games. So we've only got a six-game season. So what happens if we have to cancel a game? Do we move it to the end of the season? Or how do we, how do we really crown a champion here? I don't think they made room to move games around. Uh, I haven't seen any literature that stated a plan about that, and, and we need to uh, do some reading and follow up on that. Um, perhaps Dr. Cavill can give us some insight later on and meet me at the flagpole section. Um, but I don't believe they've allotted uh, for the opportunity to postpone games and move them to the end of the, of the schedule. Okay, so let me ask you this. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who do we have coming out of the West? I'm a homer. So I'm saying PV. I'm putting all my chips. All my chips to the table. Uh, I couldn't even get anybody to take a bet on that one. All right. Put Is there an over? What's the, the over under on that? <laughs> what's that like? All my chips to the table. Right. I, I'm just a little worried now that we have uh, Alcorn added in and we've got SU with a little chip on the shoulder. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be some battles here. I, you know, you know what? I, I, I love PV to my, to my bones, but it's kind of like asking me if I like to love Tupac, but hard to defend it. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so based on past, <laughs> can't get over the Southern hump, number one. Uh, that defense is still a big question mark. Joe, I get it. They are recruiting to uh, really well. But until I see that, I can't pick in good conscience per view coming out. I put them at second or third. Until they get over that Southern hump, it's hard. And now you bring in Alcorn, who per view played well, but has a, has a, has a last, last minute loss against. I don't. I, I don't know. Who you if got I can piss. Who you got, Mike? Who you got? Uh, I got. I got Southern coming out. So what? What's your matchup? Matchup. So you're saying you believe Southern will knock off Alcorn? Yes. Interesting. This year, yes. That's early prediction. But uh, there's an old saying: until you beat the champion, they are the champion. So I, I think it. I think right now it's between Alcorn and Southern. So, um, but I'm picking just based on the way they looked last year. I'm picking. I'm picking Southern this year. I so, haven't seen Southern's entire schedule. Who who else do they have on their six game schedule? Besides us, uh, assuming they've got Southern, um, Grambling. Everybody in the in the West, right? In the West, yeah. Yeah. So. We'll see. Yeah. It yeah. might come down to the COVID. <laughs> Who has the most active <laughs> players every week? Flip no, the coin no. and see what happens. Their first game is against Alabama State. Um, mm. And then it's everybody in the in the West. Uh, no, I'm sorry. They also have Jackson State. So uh -huh. you can't that, – that is a big rivalry. So uh, that uh, if you ask uh, my good friend Charles Bishop, you ask anybody from Mississippi, they love to – to beat Southern every time there's an opportunity. So, um, so if you're Southern, they probably can't look past that game. They want to see prime. So they have two games from the East and then the rest are in the West. I believe it's going to be a situation okay. to where it's going to be a weekly deal. Like you said, Al, what are the COVID numbers looking like? Um, who's up to play that week? How was your week of practice? I don't think I, I would not want to have to, uh, make a bet on any of these games just like we saw uh for the power five schools in the fall it, 
sometimes some weeks they're on, some weeks they're off, and there's no rhyme or reason. Sometimes I mean, I believe the swag season is going to play the same way. I would Listen, not put money I'm on I'm with Mike, man. That the COVID um, fiasco is going to be a, a wild card on every game, mm-hmm. and and is. You know, listen, they got – they will have literally, what is it, about four different athletics um, activities going on at the same time. Yeah. That's, Sharing facilities. That's gonna, yep. That is going to be the wild card on every every matchup, I guarantee you. I hope they put down – As he like coughs some... at the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, when somebody coughs nowadays, man, you used to <laughs> Everybody like, looking hey, at you. Crazy. With that <laughs> right. Like, oh, six feet, man. Six right. feet. Yeah. <laughs> Sneezed in a restaurant last night. Yeah, man. You like... jump every time somebody coughs now, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm even jumping on Zoom call. I don't right. know. Inside to Warima, and she's going to lay it off the glass, and it's good. Gotti Warima, preseason All American. And we are back. Welcome back, everyone. We've got the three-time champion, Gati Warima, the Gati Warima, here with us to talk some swag basketball. What's going on, Gati? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too, and you guys. I'm so excited about 2021. Put 2020 behind us. Yes, please. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, with that being said, I mean, the the temperament of sports has not changed, although the new year has has come in. And um, that's evident with a lot of games still being canceled and postponed. Um, Prairie View men have had over four games already canceled this season, um, as well as the women. So with that type of um, happenstance going on, it's hard to get in the rhythm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll start with uh, men's and women's basketball. We're so excited. We were so excited about this season. Uh, there's a lot of new players, a lot of new coaches on both sides. And uh, everyone just really trying to get reacclimated to each other and understanding the, the new system and the new way of, of playing for the players and the coaches as well as um, getting to know the players more and identifying their strengths and weaknesses. And so this has been a really uh, big challenge for the coaches as well as the players, but everyone has definitely stepped up to the plate. Uh, women's basketball has a one in three record right now. Uh, they played four games, three games um, that they lost were by max seven points. So it shows that we're right there in the game, but we have to finish and we have to bring some consistency to each game so that we won't, uh, keep falling short like we did the other day yesterday to southern and we'll talk a little bit more about that oh man that was like out came halftime i'm i'm here sending texts to all my southern buddies talking stuff (laughs) i got no response until Got to that end of that third quarter, like um, premature texting. What happened? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, on the game too, um, they only scored the the women, the Lady Panthers only scored thirteen points in the second half. And um, if you were watching the game or keeping up with the game, you would think that you know they would go ahead and pull it out, especially since um, this is a huge game for Sandy Pugh. That being her. Uh, her firm of school for um, for a decade, over a decade. And now, you know, you always have something to prove in that scenario. Um, but I don't know if it was the travel or what, but the ladies fell short. And um, for me watching the game, it was really challenging because I'm such a fierce competitor, you know, just trying to see things from all angles, what it could be. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to have heart. And it takes and, and hustle and just be ready when those lights come on to execute. And so we fell short. We had a lot of different opportunities to come back and, and solidify the game, but we didn't. For example, we had two players in double digits, um, uh, and Southern didn't have any players in double digits, and they still pulled out the game. In addition to that, we had the higher uh, field goal percentage 
and we still fell short. Our, our free throws were about shooting about 50% and Southern shot 70%. So that helps, that helped them, you know, free throws, win game, extend games, all that good stuff. But just moving forward, it's a huge lessons for the Lady Panthers to really step it up uh, and, um, for the upcoming games. Yeah, and I got so to you contrast that with the men putting up that fight against TCU. TCU. I mean, that game was tight. The entire game. What did we lose by five? Yes, yeah. by five. Yeah, was, we actually we, we actually finished the first half ahead by one. And just to beat that point, I mean, you look at the statistics, you know, from we were what 36% uh, field goal percentage, 23. Uh, from beyond the arc and 58 at the free throw, TCU actually was one point lower in each of those categories. Uh, so at, with the exception of the uh, three-point line. So it was a very even game. The turnover, points off turnovers were fairly even. So it, it was a very tight game. My hat's off to the preview, man, uh, for playing TCR, TCU very hard. Um, what was the height event, advantage? Was there one at all it, it seemed like when our starting lineup uh versus theirs and their star player was out i don't know if it was covid protocol or not i can't remember his name but height advantage i, I think uh with the starting five and i'm jotting down my notes i think they had maybe a three or four inch starting advantage but we had uh, a guy come Darrell roberts come off the bench he's a six seven junior Besides Cam Mack, he also had the second, he was the second highest scorer for PV. So they bought height off the bench and uh, were able to compete as well. So I, I thought that was telling. It's funny you asked that question. I don't know the exact difference, but I was kind of going kind of like, it looked like if you compare the starting fives, they had about a three to four inch advantage on average. As we move into the, to the SWAC, uh, schedule portion of the schedule here. What what do you think we could be in for? That's a good question. There's so much, really too much uncertainty. Um, but especially with the Southern game uh, being postponed, um, and that was an opportunity for the for the guys to really get their feet wet in the conference. Those who had never played before in the conference and really just get a a look see into um, what to sort of expect, but um, Alcorn will be the, the measuring stick tomorrow as the guys travel down there to play. So I'm going to be watching really attentively. I, I sort of feel bad for, um, for the men's team just because they, with the cancellations, they kind of got robbed out of the opportunities to really show the, the true new talent that's out there. Cause, um, I know Coach Smith has been working really hard um, as much as he can with these newcomers. Um, we mentioned size. We have good size, good athleticism. We have great uh, leaders on the team. Everybody is so hungry to just really um, show their talents and, and show what they've got. Um, but with the, the Mizzou game being canceled, Murray State, a lot of these teams where we could have uh, showed off a little bit. Um, but TCU was a... a a great marker, a great way to end the year. And so now the guys have this um, challenge to just really stay focused as they're going for this third title with the almost completely different team. And with this, Let me, with if, this home winning streak, what do we have? The third longest? Third longest home? Third longest. Seven games? games yeah. So let me ask your perspective as a basketball player. Who do you – who do you see coming out the gates early, men's and women's from PV as standouts, you know, and going in and looking to your crystal ball and who do you see at least early as, as, as all right, they're going to be leading scores. They're going to lead the team. They, they're off to a good start on men's and women's. Okay, I'll start with the women. On the women's side, we have Diana Rosenthal. She's going into her second year, but her freshman debut was really remarkable. Um, for a player her size, she has so much heart and efficiency. Right now, she averaged about 14.7 points a game. And then um, after that, she's the only player that averages double digits. So um, making sure to keep her um, healthy and focused and consistent will be really key. Uh, just to have that um, someone with experience who can also um, step up and be a leader for 
this swarm of freshmen that uh, and transfers that we have this year, as well as Kennedy Hurd. She's a 5'10 combo player. I personally really love her game because she's really tough, but she has some good mid-range game, which was definitely my thing back in school. So um, seeing her play is always really exciting. Kennedy Paul, she's about six feet, but she's a, she's a shooter. She can knock, knock down the threes. And when she's hot, she's hot. So uh, watching those three young ladies, as, as well as a newcomer, Tiffany uh, Tulis, she averages about eight points per game. So yeah. for the women, those four young ladies, um, if they show up every day and, and consistently, then we should see a shift as the conference schedule um, uh, continues. On the men's side, we mentioned Cam Mack, a newcomer, but he's doing his thing, averaging 15 points a game, our only player mm -hmm. in double digits right now. We had Fate Williams, the first couple games averaged um, double digits, but that's someone to always to keep an eye on as well. Uh, for us, he had freshman of the year back in the day and every year he's continued to be consistent even though he's falling a little flat right now. But um, I mean, this is a game of, of, of runs and ups and downs. So um, seeing him really take a, a, a on a leadership role uh, in the games is what I'm looking forward to as well as Darrell Roberts. Um, his scoring and rebounding ability, he averages nine points Juwan Daniels averages about nine points and uh, Junior Cambrell averages about nine points. So both teams have played five and four games respectively. Uh, so this is a really great time for all the athletes to um, show what they've got. Each game is an opportunity to prove to the coaches that, hey, I deserve to be in the starting lineup or I can take a more active role. And so um, a game like Southern was a perfect time for someone to really establish themselves as a leader, uh, but just moving forward, shaking it off to tomorrow, um, uh, still establishing who that solid uh, leader on both sides is or are um, is really important. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So, so who do we have winning the SWAC on the men's and the women's side this year? <laughs> well, on the men's, I'm going to say PB, even though we are rebuilding and the men's side is very, very strong. Um, on the women's side, I'm, I'm still, I'm still observing, um, you know, and, and hopefully PB kind of just shakes off the dust and has a, 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 goes into a turbo mode, but I know um, TSU, I've seen a couple of their games and they're really shining. Alabama State, Last year, I mean, Alabama A&M, uh, last year they, you know, took a, a real huge turn from the bottom of the conference to, you know, top three. And uh, seeing what those ladies do, um, as well as Southern. Um, yeah, I would say those would be my top three, but I'm pulling for PD nah. always. Pulling, oh, pulling for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't mention Jackson State. They coming in. Right. I'm, I'm, I was thinking who I was forgetting about. Yeah. Jackson state that, that energy is just contagious from football, basketball, track, baseball. They just um, been solid. And now with prime time on campus and uh, just the consistency with Jackson state over the past couple years and continuing to elevate and having those. Um, those Got to hit a, hit a yeah, beat button yeah. real quick. Mm -hmm. Hey, no. Prime is trying to get his daughter recruited to come play you basketball sure? yes. at Jackson State. Yes, yes I saw that. No. Oh, I didn't see that. Excuse me. Um, yeah, he's like, let's, let's get Jackson. the whole family in Jackson. Yeah. I, I hit the whole Prime family. But, <laughs> hey, oh, Jackson State definitely is in there. <laughs> yeah, that's with, with his whole family there, man, you truly going to have some, you truly going to have some Prime real estate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back everyone we are now at our segment that we title meet me at the flagpoles with our guest this week 
Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBCU Sports and the head of HBCU Sports Lab. Subscribe on YouTube. Doc, what's going on? Man, I'm good. I'm so happy to be on the be a, a guest on the debut show. 1876 Sports and Culture, boy, I tell you, man, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. So, man, you got to run this down for us. How in the world are we going to get this basketball season and football season in with these COVID protocols? And what are our protocols? First thing I would say is if you believe in a little magic, you know, put, do your fingers crossed. And then it's certainly if you breathe in a higher being, you, you, you might want to push up some prayers. Uh, but in all reality, I think you're going to understand that um, you've seen it play out in the football season at the uh, Power Five schools and FBS level for the most part. You started seeing it early in basketball, uh, including with members in the SWAT. And then obviously this first weekend uh, was just an indication of what you can really see throughout the season. Uh, just to be plain and simple for um, for everybody, just to understand, you're going to have cancellations. On the men's side, you had five games. Three of them were canceled uh, in terms of Saturday. On Monday, um, you have on the men's side, you have two of the games canceled. On the women's side, you had two games canceled for the women, and uh, that will be the same in terms of two uh, games canceled on the women's side. So um, uh, half of your games on Saturday and on Monday uh, are, were counseled. And so that's just the indication of what you're going to have throughout the season. I will give you a little bit of hope. A lot of that uh, is believed to come from traditionally you, you in basketball, men's and women's, and, and Gati can tell you a little about this. Oftentimes they don't go home for Christmas. And, you know, obviously, you know, from Thanksgiving, they tend to go into tournaments and playing things of that. But this year, because they didn't get to go home throughout the year, um, a lot of people, a lot of coaches are a little different and they sent them home. And so a lot of people believe that the high rate that you see in testing has a little bit more to do with the fact that they went home for Christmas. So you should get a break over the next couple of weeks uh, with them all coming back uh, in such a way that you shouldn't have the high number of cancellations. The problem you have going into February that's the time frame where you're going to see students getting back to campus. Most campuses will open in January, late, mid-January, but in full force in, in, in February. And you see a little bit of everything. You're going to have some campuses in the spring that will pretty much be online. You'll have some that will be hybrid in terms of online and on campus. And then you have some that are going to try to do on campus. So that'll change it up a little bit in terms of uh, students just uh, dealing with other students. So you might see an uptick in sometime in February. Uh, but other than that, you should uh, move forward. To answer the second part of your question is in terms of COVID, there is a COVID protocol for the SWAC. You have to test 24 hours before each game. And so um, that means that you will see up to some cancellations literally uh, the day of the game possibly. Um, uh, certainly the day before, you saw that a little bit on uh, Friday and Saturday with the announcements. Um, but taking one test on Friday is not going to eliminate that somebody could be uh, ruled in Ellisville or postpone a game on Monday. So you'll have one going into the game, essentially, and one coming out of the game. Um, so you'll see some of those splits between Saturday and Monday moving forward. So that gives you some framework on the SWAC COVID protocol. One thing I'll jump in there and say real quick that there is a plan that hadn't been released yet, but there is a plan for a minimum of type of games that need to be played in the conference in such a way that there can be a tournament. So there's an augmented plan for a scenario for the tournament that I talked directly with Charles McCullen. He hasn't given me the authority to release it, but I did thought it was important for your listeners to understand mm. that there is a plan moving forward on what that may look like. All right. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, we knew Charles would be on it. Go ahead, Gati. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Dr. Cavell is, is definitely right. And just looking across the country and across conferences, um, you have all type of conferences um, making several changes and adjusting protocol. Uh, I know Duke's women's basketball, they just forfeited the whole season um, 
as well as yeah, the cancellations in the last couple of days. I know with uh, FAMU, they switched up their schedule and instead of having a um, home and away situation, they're just playing the same team back to back on Friday, on Saturday and Sunday, just to minimize any type of exposure and um, set the rest of the season. So they have six more home games, but they're only playing three teams just to, mm-hmm. you know, it, take whatever precaution. So um, that's, that's, that's really interesting that that's happening. And then uh, referees, I was just reading the rules with them and how they approach um, calling the games. And so there's a little leeway with them. Like uh, they also have to get tested regularly like the players, but um, as far as wearing the mask, um, they can either wear it during the contest. They have the option to whether, wear it or not. Um, and then they have their own sets of protocols. So while we're the whole country's adjusting, my hope is that we can continue and at least get um, a, a conference tournament and then hopefully NCAA tournament. There's there's also there's also protocols for the fans as well. We can't forget them. You know, we schedule, reschedule. Uh, fan participation is going to be very limited. The last time Dr. McClellan was on uh, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports, he shared some of you know the, the the protocols for the fans as well. Obviously, it's limited attendance, but the protocols for checking temperatures, disinfection will also be in place for them. But that goes into effect is if you get in, you're you're now you're you're canceling, rescheduling, canceling. Some fans travel, so that's going to further reduce fan participation. Yeah, I think we just need those pop-ups, man. Uh, you know, put, put my picture exactly. up in the stands and uh, <laughs> call it good. And, uh, AD is a, yeah, a lot of companies uh, going into, to the pop-up businesses you talk about. That's a great point um, uh, in regards to what that looks like. And a lot of fans are able to participate in that. The other thing that you may see coming out of the uh, Slack office uh, is whether there, you might see a little more games on television, ESPN, of that nature, and certainly from a streaming platform uh, is the new way to go with that. Uh, in terms of the SWAC, um, it's going to be fascinating to see, as you said, they're going with the traditional 18-game schedule, trying to get as many games in. Uh, there's a rule by the NCAA that you must have 13 games, and that can be conference or non-conference games, but total, as well as your tournament, total to qualify for the NCAA tournament, you need uh, at least a minimum of 13 games. So that's something to keep your eyes on. And, and as Gotti talked about, the MEAC, um, the Big South, that is Hampton, they're going to a framework where they play like two games in a row or two in, in, um, uh, back-to-back, whether it's uh, Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, or Monday, Tuesday type of thing. Uh, you see that with um, the Big South with Hampton in there uh, as they've gotten off to a pretty good head start with three and one. Uh, uh, you had A&T play South Carolina, back-to-back games um, going 2-0, and and then Morgan State and Howard on the women's side going 1-1. One and So you'll see that, and there was some discussion in the SWAC to look at that. They decided not to do it uh, because they understood that some games would be counseled, and so they thought it was better to have a large amount of games and understand a percentage would be done. And so to give you another insight that you may have in terms of uh, some conversation that, that – that, you're probably looking at in football that hasn't came out yet, but in basketball, there's going to be a percentage ranking. And so don't look for games to be made up. They may, but at this point um, it's set in stone that no matter what's going on, that they'll do a percentage ranking. Now they've added to that percentage things that is also going to look at the strength of your schedule within the conference to make sure that you have a legitimate conference so you can't be like what we've seen some people had concerns with Ohio State out of the Big Ten to kind of give you an example where they only played six games five games or whatever conference went undefeated and were able to play in a championship game that will be a little different in terms of the sweat you'll have to play not only a minimum amount of games uh, but it'd have to be against certain competition for you to be able to be ranked for the seating of the SWAC term it's just it's just interesting that we've got to go through all of this just to get this season in. And then, and then football starts here at the end of February. And that's going to be a, another interesting scenario because 
you go from uh, worrying about 12 to 14 to worrying about almost 60. Yep. And yeah. And they went home. Be interesting when you talk about testing because they'll have to ramp up testing. The good news on testing for a lot of our campus, they have partnered with the local um, city or county. So it's not all financially on the institution. So that's going to help. They do have the rapid testing. Um, and you have schools like Texas Southern and Prairie View for when teams come in, that they'll be able to test the other teams as well. So there'll be some coordination in terms of the variation of teams being able to be tested as they come in and take advantage when they're testing here. So that's one way that I think the SWAC is working together to try to help make sure games get played. In terms of spring football, I think it's important to note when you talk about um, the West and East division, it's still 10 teams. So right now, Alcorn is still in the East uh, and in that normal city. As they move wow. over, they will move over to the West, but that will start in the fall 2021, which you've seen with the uh, announcement of the FAMU coming out with their football schedule. I'm still waiting to see what Prairie is going to do uh, with their football schedule. Maybe he'll debut it right here on this show, 1876. Uh, sports and culture, but it, I'm so interested in terms of what they will look like for all schools. I'll see if I can sneak and get my hands on some stuff. I have some connections, and I might sneak you a uh, 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 <laughs> won't Can't say it. You got it for me now. All <laughs> right. Anybody. There we go. All it right, must thanks, be Doc. nice. I appreciate you. <laughs> all right. We will be right back with I'm so glad we want to thank Dr. Gaville for joining us for our inaugural show. Uh, we, we are so uh, blessed and thankful to have the Dean to come in with us. As you see, he is a wealth of knowledge of all things HBCU sports. So we sure appreciate you, Doc. And we'd like to welcome everyone back for I'm So Glad. This is a segment where we try to bring in a student from the Hill to talk about some current events and what's going on. Our first guest is Joseph Williams, the CEO and proprietor of JEW Beats. When you hear our uh, music on this show, he is the producer. So welcome to the show, Mr. Williams. How's everything going? Good afternoon, it's great. All right, welcome to the show. So, so you ready to head back for uh, for the spring semester? Definitely. I was just saying, like, I never thought that I would want to go to school so bad. Like, I actually <laughs> want something to do. <laughs> I want some homework or something. You got a little boy? <laughs> I would like to point out, not only is he an entrepreneur with JEW Beats, but he is also a PV legacy. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yes. Yes, indeed. How does it feel to go to the alma mater of your father? Well, I don't really notice it until homecoming, where everybody, everywhere I go, somebody <laughs> recognizes me. <laughs> Pressure. Yeah. Look, I thought I have all them aunties because, you know, they drink that good stuff. Y'all out there drinking that secret bumpy face and come over and get some of that single malt scotch with your uncle. <laughs> Now, now, Joseph, you don't touch the bumpy face. Please say it ain't Please. Please. Not, not, the, not the bumpy That's face. That's a right of pass. Say, you don't know my pockets. <laughs> Contributions are welcome there, big brother Washington. <laughs> I, I want my fan stand to have room temperature wine in it. That's my thing. There you go. That's the room Red wine. wine again. Top Here of the we line go. Wine. Cover, I said. So, so, so when so are you heading back? On the 15th, January. All right, so you'll get back Man. just in time. I think the uh, the football opener is going to be back here in Dallas on your birthday, right? Yep, February 27th. And how old will you be? 21. Oh, 21. There sure enough will be some bumpy face. <laughs> The question is, how are you going to uh, to uh, celebrate it on a yard? Uh, see, I'm just going to get a couple of my friends together in my dorm, maybe get another, like, a dinner or something like that, and 
It'll be how it is. How have y'all been moving around? Good. (laughs) (laughs) How did y'all move around in in the fall? What was that like? It was actually kind of, it was good until somebody went to a party where you had to just say, you just got to stay away from us for two weeks at least. Because a lot of people that went to parties ended up catching COVID. So we was not trying to get COVID at all. Now they have it where you guys are tested. I mean, you can get randomly tested throughout the entire time, right? Like there's a testing site physically right there on campus. Yep. yep. Are they? Not, I don't think it's every day, but I'm I'm certain that it's every week. Okay. I know the I know athletics. They're tested. I think it's three times a week. Um. So I so don't know what that there, was. What the protocol was there a protocol for uh, our testing? Um, protocols for regular students? Did you have to get tested a certain amount of times a week? No, you don't have to get tested, but they recommend it, and they kind of send out emails every day about getting tested and stuff. And there's also like driving uh, testing sites in Cyprus and around PV. So it's not. They, like they also have a quarantine dorm too, don't they? Yep, yep. Oh. I had a few friends that went in there. Uh, oh, so, so is the new? I don't know if pressure... that's a breeding ground for a better party or what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just, so did y'all have <laughs> got it already? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we we here, we got it. Right, let's make it do what it do. We, we can't we, go we, anywhere for like 14 yeah. days, so why not? Right, we we acting like they like we sad or something. They probably had a party, quarantine, party. right. <laughs> <laughs> No they way. actually lock you in there, and then uh, you can't even go out to get lunch. They actually deliver it to your door. So, who does the no, deliver? That's, 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 that's the actually, home. Is, is, is that door da- DoorDash? No. PV, PV edition, but yeah, it's like PV. <laughs> you just only put the MSC. So is that, a, is that a whole new level of peer pressure? Making sure that you, your your friends, your crew, don't. Go out there and expose themselves so they don't expose you as well. For me, it is, but a lot of I haven't seen it with a lot of people where, especially in the view, they just the view two where they built a volleyball court. So it's a lot of people out there with no masks just chilling out there. So I say for some, but not for most. So it's business as usual. See? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, we don't have footballers to fool yeah. on the volleyball court. <laughs> so how how have you been keeping up with the the sports on the yard uh, since since you haven't been able to go to a game? So there's nothing much that I really look for for PV unless I get something from the PV activities or the. The uh, what are they called? The Golden uh, the Gold Club. Okay. So those are kind of the only people who really tweet about PV sports. Hmm. So so you guys don't follow uh, PV doesn't have like a Snapchat or something or you know Twitter or something. Instagram. They have like Instagram photos with promotions and stuff or some some Twitter, but it's not where I would just follow them because that's. Really, they're kind of consistent and stuff. It's so, more so what of what do you a, think they need to do? I'd say talk to some of the freshmen and make an incentive to where you can get more promotional, uh, like people, and get them to contact the freshmen where they'll follow the sports teams more. And then with that, you just do that with the incoming freshmen every single year, and it'll probably a hype will be built up. Hmm. But I don't think it's anything you can really do right now with. Everything being in quarantine, a lot of people probably won't even go to a game. They're, they'll be interested, but not interested enough. Okay. Not even a football game uh-huh. thing? Once football season starts up, what do you think that's going to look like in the same? We'll have to see what the football team does first. <laughs> you got to go. Uh, they say bring us some W's and we will go. <laughs> Is it worth catching something? That's all. Right. Oh come well, on! Hey, well, hey, are you going back? I, are you going I'm back home you. to Dallas for the Cotton Bowl? That for, that's the first game. I'm not sure yet. I'm thinking about it though. I have a question for you. 
Uh, well, two questions. Uh, is the MSC open and are they having like anything special uh, for the students on campus? Like I know a couple times a year they'll have like the Cajun day where they eat crawfish outside and situations mm. like that where people can social distance. And then have you heard anything about Spring Fest um, being on or off? Because I, I, if it was something announced, I missed that memo. So with Spring Fest, it's still in limbo from what I've heard. And then with the MSC, every Friday is Catfish Friday still. And they let people like eat in, but they have the table spread out so far where even if you're sitting at a long table, it's spots that they took like seats out of and took uh, napkins and silverware and stuff where you can only sit in certain sp spaces for you to be able to eat inside the MSC, but they still serve it to you. And you can get one where you go in the MSC, get a meal and you can walk outside and go to your dorm because they'll just hand it to you in a plastic or a, a bag and everything. Okay. As far as academically, are you finding it more challenging this year to adjust to all the changes due to COVID? Or is this allowing you, I don't know, some extra time to get things done that you probably wouldn't have completed before? When I say it gives me extra time, but it's still some adjusting to it because with things being online, you have some teachers who will assign things as if you're in class, like group projects, or maybe just something where you have to collaborate with other students. So that's kind of hard where not everybody's on campus anymore and not everybody is able to drive there because some students are out of state. So you'll have to try to connect and get schedules lined up to be able to talk with your fellow students. Mm -hmm. Y'all can do that, man. We You got folks in corporate America working on projects and everybody in different states. Y'all can figure that out. Yeah, but we working for Exactly. That's going to look to the left of the white people. <laughs> Joseph, tell us a little bit about your um about your business. Yeah, so we're talking with, about getting paid, you know. With JW Enterprises, I do a lot of things where I make beats, flyers, and other kind of entertainment-based promotions. So actually I had a flyers my freshman year for a few parties that were at PV and then uh, throughout high school, I sold, like, that's when I usually sold my beats, and I did flyers for multiple parties, did promotions, sold tickets, things like that. Really? Okay, cool. Wow. wow. Now, where, where can folks find you? Are you, I'm sure you're on all the social media stuff. What's the, what's the, what's the hashtags and all that <laughs> good stuff? So, on YouTube, I have two channels where one is just JEW Beats, the other one is hashtag JEW Beats. So that's where a lot of people can find, like contact me, my email will be in the descriptions, prices are usually labeled in there. So that's where a lot of people hit me up from. YouTube is easier for me to promote myself than it would be for Instagram or Twitter, because it's kind of diluted, where only if you're famous enough and you have a certain amount of followers where you'll get in contact with a lot of people. But on YouTube, you can just type in a word, and even if you don't know anybody, my name will probably come up within that category. Mm. Oh, YouTube is the new hustle. It's the new new thing, huh? That's, that's interesting. Enlightening. Uh, well, that's probably that's probably the most the, the most enlightening thing besides the Happy <laughs> Friday. <laughs> Slide like stuck on Catfish Friday, like yeah, you you had me a catfish. All right, well, Joseph, well, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you in the future. Uh, we want to move on to our next segment, our closeout segment, where we give our shout outs. So for those of you who were on the yard during the early 90s, Miss Liz Bond had the yeah. most beautiful voice. She sang in all the events. Well, she's also a former Miss PVAMU 1991. And she's a fellow alumnus. 
And she has just uh, been recognized for winning the Black Music Association Award for the best female vocalist in Houston. You've gone to, I've gone to a lot of jazz places, a lot of places around Houston where she has been the featured vocalist. She has yep. pipes. She can she yes, can she go <laughs> she, can, she can go to several levels. So uh, I have to give a shout out to Liz Vaughn. She actually sang at my 40th birthday party. That wasn't planned. I don't have it like that. It was by accident, but did she recognize it's you, Big Mike? So she's she sang for she sang for me for, at my 40th birthday party. Uh, you see the gray, that was just yesterday anyway. So uh, <laughs> congratulations, serious in all seriousness to uh, Miss Liz Vaughn. All right, all right. Joe Clay, you got a shout out? I think we got a shout out uh Miss uh Angie Woods out there in uh McKinney, Texas. McKinney, Texas, that's where I yes. live. Fall ninety four. Yep, she got awarded the uh seat of a city council. Absolutely. Um and is the first African American female in that seat. Congratulations. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's big time. And I think Hopefully she has a tie to you, doesn't she, Gati? Yes. She was a part of uh, my cohort in the uh, School of Architecture Community Development Program. So shout out to her. I mean, she was a shining star from the day she walked in. As a matter of fact, she was in school, still working for the city, living in Dallas. And she would have to come maybe bi-weekly, drive down to campus. And um, and she did it with no no excuses. We had projects together. She was always professional on time. So you just knew she was destined to keep rising in the ranks. And uh, I'm interested to see where she'll take her career next because she's just a dynamic uh, woman and um, very serious, very passionate about the community. So they have the right person for the job. All right, cool. we're gonna have to have her on. Roland, what you say? You know, I, I honestly, I, I am uh, really big on giving to this school. And, man, we cannot be remiss by acknowledging Miss McKenzie. Um, oh, uh, McKenzie Scott. Uh, oh, yes. McKenzie Scott, man. $50 million to the university. That is just out freaking standing, you know. I almost feel like um, we need to name something after her. I know, right? We need to slap I'm her sure name. I'm sure her name will be up on something. I mean, <laughs> let's, let's slow down. Let's slow down. I appreciate Joe, say chat. slow down. However, <laughs> let's not get carried away. She, let's just say she was ready. She was yes, ready. She was ready. She was and her ready. book was ready. <laughs> all right. As we wrap up our first show, we want to give a shout out to all those PV alum who are listening to us over across the pond, over in the UK, over in Europe, quarantine in Asia, wherever you are. I want to close out this show with the call and response that should be familiar with everybody. When I say it, say it out loud. PV, you, you know, know. And that is a show, baby. We out. Holla. Yeah.